Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Hello everyone and welcome to Word Up. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's lovely to have you with us. Um, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, welcome. Uh, I'm joined by Pastor Akin, uh, who's one of the elders here at Bright City Church. I'm Ian, um, the senior pastor here, and we haven't got Ben with us today because uh, he couldn't make it because of work commitments. Actually, I must say this is a recorded episode, although you can still interact live uh, if you're watching, and please do comment. Um, if As this goes out live at 8 p.m., uh, tomorrow it'll be Sunday, uh, England will have just kicked off against Italy in the Euros um, Cup final. So uh, we wish England all the best. <laughs> I, at least I do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you're out there neutral, uh, we'll see what happens. So, hi, Pastor Rackin. Good to have you with us. Hi, Pastor. It's good to be here. It's good. And we're, we're expecting a good result tomorrow as well. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are indeed. Wonderful. Well... Without further ado, we're, um, let's pray uh, about, you know, the Bible study. Let's pray, ask God to bless us. Thank you, Lord, for your living word. And we ask you to speak through your word and anoint us as we look at it together. Uh, encourage and bless everyone who's connected to this episode of Word Up for your glory. We ask in Jesus' name. Great. So we're we're in uh, chapter eleven of Mark, and we have just um, seen the episode where Jesus is entering Jerusalem on a donkey colt, and all the crowd are cheering Hosanna, etc. We'll we'll refer to that um, in a moment after we've read the the next uh, chunk. We're going to go through to the beginning of chapter twelve this week um, by God's grace. And then um, we'll only have four more chapters left in the gospel. So uh, we're making good uh, progress. Right, yes. here we go. So I'm, I'm picking up from Mark 11, verse 11. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything. But since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of the selling benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this 
and began looking for a way to kill him. For they feared him, because the whole crowd were amazed at his teaching. When evening came, they went out of the city. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said, Jesus, said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. They arrived again in Jerusalem and while Jesus was walking in the temple courts, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you authority to do this? Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Answer me and I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, was it from heaven or from man? Tell me. They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, they feared the people for everyone held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Right, that's the end of chapter 11. Okay, so Pastor Akin, maybe you could just, um, I, I know you were, I wasn't here last week, but yes. maybe summarise what was happening with the entry on the donkey colt and uh, make a few points as we come into this part of the passage. Oh, Thanks. Brilliant. Thank you, Pastor. Yes, brilliant. Um, yes, we, we did look at um, what the Bible describes as the, the well, not the Bible, the, the um, translators have described as the triumphal entry. Um, that's Jesus coming into Jerusalem. Uh, we went through how, um, you know, he rode into Jerusalem on, on a, a colt that uh, hadn't been ridden on before. That was That's quite interesting in itself. I uh, won't go into that one. Um, and the people laid their clothes on the colt and they, they threw palm branches on, on, onto the, the ground that the colt was walking on. And um, it's one of those, maybe one of those rare um, moments where we see that uh, Jesus is being recognised for who he really is. That at this point, the people aren't uh, just coming to him. We've seen them as before the crowds coming to him because they're looking for another meal or they're coming to him because they want to see a miracle or, you know, the um, the Pharisees or the teachers, the scribes are coming to question him and to, uh, you know, to dispute with him. But and on this particular occasion, there is a sense in which the crowd are recognizing that so they, look this is this is the the Jesus the king who is coming to deliver us from the Romans and um, we, we, we will see obviously that they were wrong in that they probably saw him as a, a a king in the in the sense of King David who was going to raise up a you know a mighty army and was going to subdue all their enemies and bring peace and prosperity to the kingdom but at that particular time there the people were uh, did did acknowledge um, that Jesus had a a, a very special place in um you know in in the history of the nation at that particular point in time and um 
we, we see he's, he's coming into the uh, into Jerusalem. That there's this big fanfare about him, and uh, we we can look at that to say, you know, not too long into the distant future. Maybe some of those very people who are crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, were were also the ones crying out, crucify him, crucify him, because he he wasn't coming to do what they wanted him to do in the way that they wanted him to do that. But at this particular point in time, you know, we we, we read that the people were crying out, and that. Um, in some other um, uh, gospels, we, we see that the the Pharisees and, and, and the religious people they they were saying to him, "No, no, teacher, please, you know, stop your um, your your uh, the, the people stop your disciples stop them from saying these things because these words that they were speaking were uh, words that were related to the, the Messiah and uh, the Pharisees, the, the teachers of the world, they knew that and so they because they didn't recognize Jesus Christ as the Messiah, they wanted him to they wanted the people to stop saying that. They said, no, stop. They essentially they were saying, can you stop your people from calling you the Messiah because you are not the Messiah? And on this particular occasion, Jesus says he doesn't he doesn't um, he doesn't rebuke them. He says, he says no. Let they, we read in other in the other gospels that he actually says no. If they don't if they don't praise me, if they don't sing my praises, then even these stones will begin to praise me. And I think it's it's, it's uh, well, I was talking to you before we came on air, um, Pastor. There was a contrast here. We've seen in the past where Jesus has has performed a miracle that he would tell the recipient of the miracle, please don't tell anyone about this. Uh, miracle, but the people wouldn't. They they didn't listen to. They didn't follow his instruction, and they would go up and tell everyone what he had done for them. And as a result of that, we saw that there were crowds following Jesus everywhere that he went. And uh, you rightly pointed out in one of the previous sessions that you know there was a, a place where it was like the he, the Lord. It was I think it was said that he couldn't go to. He couldn't move around free anymore. He couldn't go to all of the places that he wanted to go to. And we could see that maybe. The people thought they were doing Jesus a favor by making him popular by going out and saying, "Oh, this is the you know he's the one who's healed me, delivered me." But they were actually disobeying his instruction, and as a result of that, they were unwittingly they were hindering what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And we can contrast this with this particular occasion where they are these um, you know, the, the, the praises that they were shouting out. They were actually taken from Psalm 118. And uh, they were in line with the will of God, with the word of what God's word says about the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And so on this particular occasion, he says, no, you know, that, that, that then continue because this is in line with the will and the purpose of God. Yeah. And so what we, we see here is the contrast, what the commentators are saying. There's a contrast here that, mm. you know, when we do want to do what the will of God is, we want to do what pleases God and not what pleases us. Mm -hmm. So in those previous um, yes. examples where he said to them, please don't tell anyone about this. Mm -hmm. And they disobeyed the law. They went out and they were telling people it was a hindrance to what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But on this particular occasion, because they were doing what was right in the sight of God, it was in accordance with the will of God. It was pleasing to God. Those scriptures which, which were talking about the coming Messiah. Yes, he was the coming Messiah. So he said, yes, do this. It's good. So I think that what the point they were trying to bring out from all of this is that do what God tells you to do. Don't do what pleases you. And that's for us as Christians today. Don't don't think that, oh, you know, we want we can do things that are not in line with God's will or, or his purpose for us and that will please God. No, let's do what is pleasing to God, what is right in his sight. That's what he wants us to do. Yeah, great. And I think as, as you're speaking there, I'm reminded of how the timing as well is very important. God's timing, you know, you can you can miss God's timing if you're too eager to, to jump ahead of, of, you know, he's speaking to you, but he's saying, wait, wait for my wait for my go. And then I'll, I'll tell you when to go, when to move, when to do something. But if yeah. that's so important and um, interestingly, you know, he's coming in here now and the, the timing is right for the people to say yes, the Messiah, because he's ready to enter Jerusalem to fulfill the mission. Um, which is yeah. going to the cross. But the people, you know, are expecting, as you referred to, 
to him to be, you know, a, a freedom bringing king, you know, and, and coming in. And they were maybe expecting him to enter the city and go straight up to the Roman garrison and, and do something. I don't know what. But um, <laughs> but interestingly, he didn't turn to the Roman garrison, but he he went and I was reading the commentator said, you know, in the opposite direction, straight to the temple. And uh, they're probably, you know, it's probably a big letdown sort of thing. You know, why aren't we going to the to the Romans, to our our, um, you know, oppressors to 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 be freed? So in, right at the start of this passage that we're reading today, it says he went to the temple, straight to the temple. Mm. And I, I'm interested. He said he looked around at everything. Yes. You know, so so he's really taking note of what's going on. But he didn't, um, he didn't sort of, we, we, we read very quickly that he comes in and he really deals with the stuff that's going on that's bad. You know, there's overturning the tables and that sort of thing. And uh, we'll come to that in a moment. But he didn't instantly respond or react, but maybe yeah. took it in. And, and, and it says it was already late. And so he mm. went back to Bethany with his with the 12, with his friends, with those with him, and, and slept, and then he came back to, to deal with it. And, and I think, you know, even the, there's a lesson there that, you know, sometimes when we see something and, and, you know, we can even respond, you know, in our, in our emotions, but we should be careful how we react and respond to a situation. Let's make Absolutely. sure that we're measured and we think about what needs to be done. And uh, well, so, yes. I mean... Jesus doesn't shrink back from dealing with the situation, and we'll come to that situation in a moment. Yes, absolutely, Pastor. And I was just—it's one of the comments I was reading. Like you've rightly pointed out, there he's like—he says that he came and he looked at everything, and they were saying that it was like he was carrying out an inspection. Yeah. Like you've rightly said, he was carrying out an inspection, mm -hmm. and he didn't make his um, his recommendations or his findings straight away at that very yeah. point in time. But he, yeah. first of all, he he surveyed everything, he inspected everything, mm -hmm. and then he went away and came and he took the actions the next day. And um, you know, the the uh, the, the, the I, I just if, if you if you permit, I just want to read a few verses from Malachi. Three, one to three, Please, which yeah, it yeah. tells about this, and it's um. Mm. If I just read those verses, it says uh, this is Malachi chapter three, verse one to three. It says, "See, I will send my messenger, who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come," says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And so it's very much what he's yeah. what he's comes and, and he does here. It's like he just yeah. says that, and it's like it's foretold that this is what he's going to do. He's going to come suddenly to the temple, yeah. and yeah. he's going to come and bring. You know, he's going to come and purify the temple, and he's going to look at the gifts. You know, the worship. He's going to come and purify, and that's exactly what he what he's doing here and um you know the the, the commentaries were there would just say there's a lesson in that for us as believers as well yes, yes. you know the bible says that the lord is going to come like a thief in the night mm. and who's going to be you know who's going to be ready since when he returns will he find faith on the earth yes, and it's yes. quite a sobering and challenging when we when we bring it into that context of our context of where Absolutely. we are right yeah. now yeah. that the lord could return at any time you know we you know obviously we have our plans and we've got things that we want to do and you were, you were talking about you know god's timing as well that we yes, might think oh yes. god's timing 
he's here or there, but no, no one knows. Even yeah. the Lord says that even he doesn't know the time when he's going to return. Yes. Only the Father in heaven knows. And um, looking at that, we, you know, it was quite interesting when he says that he, 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 he didn't do anything because it was late. It was already late. And, you know, it's almost as though he's coming to the temple and say, what's going on in my temple? What's going on in this place? Are, yes. are people here? Are they praying? You know, are, are they reading Absolutely. my word? Are they studying my word? Are they fellowshipping? Are, are there any acts of kindness going on here? What, you know, he came to have a look at what was going on. And, um, but then he, he left to return the next day. And, uh, you know, reading that, I, I was quite sobering, you know, that we, you know, ourselves, and we need to get our, I was just wondering if any of those, those money changers, people who were going to come the next day, if they had seen him at that point looking out, they might have been thinking, you know what, maybe tomorrow's not a good day to start, um, you know, to do the, what I was using. Maybe it's time to change. Maybe it's, it's time to, to, you know, to, to come to the temple and do what God wants me to do in the temple. And it's the same thing with us, with our lives and what we're doing in the church now. And, um, you know, as, we, as the church is coming out of lockdown, it's just, this opportunity, it's almost as though, you know, the Lord has been inspecting what we've been doing, you know, in, in our lives and what the church has been doing as well. And yes. we, we, we want to take the opportunity to do the right thing and bring ourselves in line with, with what is pleasing to God. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pastor Akin, this is speaking to me even right now, you know, as we look at it, uh, when I think of what God's been saying to us, as you're just referring to, you know, as a church, as the, as the wider church, we are the temple. And I think, you know, there's going to be a dealing with, with his people, with the temple, even, even, you know, in the last days, even, you know, you referred to like a thief in the night coming, yes, to, to, to collect his church, but also a dealing and a cleansing of his church, you know, before the end, so that it's, yeah. it's right and, and doing what he wants us to do. So anyway, we better not go there too much in yes. terms of this, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's very important and very good. Thank you for bringing that out. Yeah. And, um, there's a, and, and, and we he come back to him coming then to the temple itself physically, you know, in the morning. But a very interesting uh, and strange sort of incident just beforehand. He's walking back towards the temple, uh, you know, with the people from Bethany, comes across a fig tree. Uh, yeah, he sees it, he says, from, from the distance, um, sees the leaves and all the rest of it, goes towards it, to, it says, to get something to eat from it. Even though, interestingly, it says it wasn't the season for figs, and that's there in the scripture. Um, yes. But 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 in our commentary, I found out that there was an early fruit that um, you, you could pick off the tree. It wasn't much use for harvesting, but you could nevertheless grab something. So he was expecting to get some of this early fruit to maybe have a nibble, and um, it wasn't there. So he cursed the tree. You know, he, he cursed the tree, and um, it's a very strange incident because you know if you're reading this sort of in isolation maybe you've just picked up the bible for the first time you read this and you think oh my goodness is this jesus you know he's come to something he's kind of almost has he lost his temper with the tree where's the fruit you know i curse you and then even going into the temple and sort of throwing over the <laughs> the tables you could think oh goodness he's cross you know he didn't get his breakfast and he's but anyway it's a, it's a strange incident but it we'll, we'll come into you know what what was going on of course we know those you know we know from the scriptures that the god never loses his temper or um responds in that way yes he can be righteously angry but so what's going on here with this fig tree 
Um, yes. Do you want to? Do you want yes, to thank you, Ms. Foster. Yes, and it, again, is like you know, like you said, you, you read something there where it was says that this particular that these fig trees that um, even though the you said it wasn't because but I have to admit the first time I read that I was like, well, I wonder why the Lord did that because it wasn't supposed to. It wasn't the time for the for the figs to anyway. to have um, fruit on them. However, I, I read in. in so one of the commenters was saying that this particular type of fig tree, like you said, they, when they have leaves, they also at the same time they have fruit on them, even though they might not be, you know, fully grown. But there's all, there's all. They don't, they don't just have leaves without having fruit at the same yeah, time. Yeah. And so they were saying that it's the fact that that, that um, the tree wasn't that the the, the, the Lord was um, cursed the tree because it didn't have, uh, it wasn't it, uh, it didn't have any fruit, but it's because it wasn't supposed to have the leaves on it. The leaves were supposed to tell you that there was fruit there. And so that was why he was angry that, that you no, know, no, sorry, not angry, but that was why he cursed it because you know this tree you're not supposed to have these leaves without having food as well. Mm. And so that was the the reason for him to react the way that he did. It was like saying, you know, bringing that into our again into our situation that you know when 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 we are Christians when we're born again we have the uh, the spirit of God. There should there has to be a fruit. There has to be fruit in our life that we can't have. We cannot be, um, you know, born again. We cannot have the, the spirit of God in us without there being any fruit. That's what that's what displeases, displeases the Lord. It's, it's that outward show of yes. appearing to have fruit when you don't actually have the fruit. And that was what that that was that that was what he was getting to here. Not the yes. fact that um, you know that there was no fruit there, but it's like you have leaves, you should have fruit. So if you don't have any fruit, you shouldn't have any leaves. And it's this pretense. And yeah. um, you know we we can see that he is something that the Lord is always encountering when with the re religious people of his time that they have this outward appearance of being yes, you yes. know righteous but on the inside you know the, all the things that is being revealed in their heart mm -hmm. um, the typical example of the man with the withered hand you know and the Lord was so angry with them we remember when we went through that that mm -hmm. they were not uh, they their hearts were so hard. That they didn't want that man to be healed because it was the Sabbath day, because it was against their rules and their regulations. So they were more concerned with that than they were with uh, with another human being. Mm. And um, so this is what the Lord is getting into here, and we'll, we'll see a little bit uh, more about it later. But He's yeah. getting to the fact that there shouldn't be this outward display yes. of righteousness or holiness or whatever it is, but where it, on the inside there's there, but there's no fruit to it. Yes, and, and he's been into the temple, you know, he's already had a good look around. So he's seen and he's going back in to deal with the temple. And again, we he's seen in the temple this outward show of, of all sorts of um, activity and busyness, but really no fruits mm. of, of true relationship with God, no true prayer, no true you know, um, helping people to come to God, but it was actually, as we shall see, you know, it was the the you know profiteering off people who were looking for God, um, you know, abusing them in many ways, spiritual abuse, if you might say, and um, you know, all sorts of things were going on. So, so again, uh, and we might say this is, if you like, a prophetic act that he did, you know, in front of the disciples that they would remember. And, and and they would be used to this sort of thing from prophets and men of God throughout Scripture where they would do things and enact them out, if you like, to, to really get across a, a message. Certain prophets might, you know, walk around and they'd carry a big um, yoke and say, you know, this is what will happen to you if you do not... Um, you know, if, if if you do not walk with God and and mend your ways, you know you'll be slaves to the the Babylonians or whatever. And and there was, so they were used. And, and we can see this was, if you like, a prophetic act that he was doing about the show and no genuine fruit that was going on. 
So he goes into the temple uh, where people are buying and selling and he turns over the tables of the money changers, benches of them selling doves and and stops them carrying the merchandise through. So there's all this activity, the buying, the selling, the, the selling of, you know, these sacrificial animals in the temple to the people. And there was all sorts of kind of, um, you know, abuse and fraud and things going on, you know, because people could buy these animals cheaply outside, but they were, you'd have people there checking the, the so-called animals for sacrifice and, and, and they would reject the ones that were brought, so I was reading, you know, by, mm -hmm. um, by the people outside saying, oh no, you need to buy, you know, they're not uh, pure enough. You need to buy mm -hmm. the ones that we've got and they would overcharge them and there's all sorts of um, things going on. And, and, but, but very little of what the temple was for, which was mm -hmm. genuine worship prayer and he said you know is it he taught them is it not written my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations you've made it a den of robbers you want to mm. add wow. to that uh, yes. yes yes well okay. you know that this, this, that phrase there you made it a, a den of robbers you know there uh in, in the comments that I, that I was reading you know there, there was like a saying that there was a tendency for us today just to um if if you like to, to to limit the 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 impact of this just to things do, uh, to do with money so just you know, like you rightly said profiteering you know making yeah. money out of things but he was just saying that you know a den is a place of uh, where you hide things mm. and um he would say what he was referring to this as, as a den of robbers it was like he, he was bringing that into the context of the church today that uh, some people think that the church is a place where they can go and hide um, you know, their, their, their sinfulness. So it's like you've got people, unrepentant sinners coming into the church to try and use the church as, as you like, as, as a covering for, you know, their, their, um, on, you know, their sinful behavior, their sinful activities. So they're doing things maybe uh, whichever area of, um, you know, society that they work in, it could be any, you know, they're, they're in the police, they're in the army, they're in politics, they're in wherever, government, anything, they could be anything. And they're doing all these evil things in their workplaces. But then on Sunday, they would appear in church on Sunday or appear in church on, um, you know, on, on festival days and try and use that to try and to smooth over, to present that image of them being, yeah. you know, um, you know, a God-fearing person. Whereas on the inside, they're, they're unrepentant. They're still doing all of those things that they've always been doing before they started coming to church. Mm -hmm. And so he was just, um, that, that comment, particular comment, he was just saying that we shouldn't feel that we exclude ourselves from this when, when, when God is talking about, uh, you know, this den of robbers. And like you rightly pointed out there, it's not about the outward things that people do, but it's about that. They have a relationship with Jesus Christ on the inside, because once you have that, that will be reflected on how you live your life. It will be reflected so yeah. on the fruits of your life. You know, and it's not just, um, again, we're not just talking about the miracles because we've heard, uh, you know, we've read before with the Lord where the Lord has said, you know, you people have said, oh, Lord, we not do this in your name and that in your name. And he says, you know, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. It's not, Jesus didn't deny, they did the miracles, but he said that there was no, they never had a relationship with him. And it's the relationship is the most important thing from, from God's uh, point of view, that relationship. And out of that, then we will see that the fruit, and it's the fruit, again, it's the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's that kindness, the goodness, the self-control, yes. you know, that, that, that's the long suffering, that's, that's the fruit, you know, you, you can't uh, pretend to have that, you can't make that up, you either have that or you don't have that, mm -hmm. and that's the kind of fruit that God is looking for in our lives as Christians, so we shouldn't, we shouldn't be uh, deceived by 
you know, um, outward appearances. We shouldn't be deceived even by uh, miracles. You know, we, we've seen even in, in the Old Testament within Egypt that uh, those magicians in Egypt, they were able to perform certain types of miracles, should we say, uh, supernatural things. So we shouldn't be deceived by those things. But we should, um, you know, when we go into the word of God and allow the spirit of God to touch our hearts, to, to, to let there be that change on the inside. Let's have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And let's bear the fruit of the spirit in our lives, because that's what God is looking for in our lives. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. And and interestingly, this where he says, my house will be called, he's quoting a scripture from Isaiah 56, 7. My house will be called, he doesn't say a house of prayer for my people, but he says a house of prayer for all nations. And that's so, quite interesting, isn't it? So it's not just for the Jewish people, uh, the house, but it was for all nations. And we see again here, where you know the the Jewish people were used uh, were chosen by God to bring God's blessing to all of the world to all of the nations and that was reflected you know it, it, it was spoken to Abraham I will bless you and through you all the peoples of the earth will be blessed and it's reflected here in the temple itself and how it was built you would have the inner courts where only the priests could go the next court would be where the the Jewish men and and then the ladies after that could go but the largest court around the temple the next one out was for the Gentiles so they were welcomed and you know to come and worship uh, God and invited if you like to know the God of, of Israel and and what's um what's being referred to here as I was reading the commentators as well uh, there was so much activity and the buying and the selling and the, the shifting of merchandise and all the noise that there was no way that any visiting Gentile could, you know, pray there or, or engage, encounter God there because it was just full of noise, full of hustle and bustle like a marketplace. And so he's making that point there. And um, I, if you again then apply it to us as the people of God today and us even our church activity, you know, is our church just a a special club, you know, a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for, an exclusive club for us where we do our activities and, you know, and, and, and it's absolutely alien to any visiting, seeking, non-Christian person, if you like, where, you know, we're not, um, this is the question because uh, it would yes. be reflected in what's going on here in the temple. We wow. have to ask ourselves, you know, are we really gearing our activity and our our life as, as church, the people of God, in seeking to, to bring the lost to him, to make them welcome, to to open our, our lives and, and our building to them? But, uh, yeah, I think these are these are good questions that we need to ask yes. ourselves. Wow. Is there room for the lost, room for the seekers? You know, mm. so yes. good, good. Let's move on. Now, the chief priests. We're going from verse eighteen. They, um, they were profiting, of course, from all this activity. They would have been at the top of the um, almost like you think of, you know, the gangsters and the top guys getting all the profits from all this kind of um, sinful activity that's going on, and they would have been the the ones who profit from all this at the top. It says that they looked for a way to kill him. You know, they, mm. they, they, they've said, we've got to get rid of this guy. Um, mm. for the, and it says, but they, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. 
And when evening came, they went to the city. So, so yes, then they, they go out again after, after this has happened. And so Jesus has, has taught them about what his house should be, a house of prayer for all nations. I, before we leave that, actually, let's ask ourselves, you know, where is prayer in our life as individuals? Um, my house, and, 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 and this is what Jesus is saying, and first and foremost, you and I are the house of the living God. The temple, it says, you are the temple of, the, of, of my Holy Spirit where I now live, where I want to, to, to inhabit and, and, and move through and live in. It says we should be a house of prayer. So, so that's individuals and a, a house of prayer together as the church of God. You know, prayer needs to be number one, really, in our life because prayer is relationship to God. I know, uh, Pastor Akin, you could teach on prayer all night. You're a man of prayer. You're passionate about prayer. Um, maybe we should just uh, spend a few moments on really, you know, um, hammering this home that, you know, without us being a people of prayer... Um, nothing else happens that, that, that is any of any value to God because it comes through that, that relationship and connection with God. But what, what would you say on these things? Absolutely, yes. I mean, I mean passing as we, as we would always say, you know, Jesus Christ will always be our, our, our ultimate example in all things, mm. you know, pertaining to righteousness and holiness. And throughout all of the, the four Gospels, you would see time and time and time again, we would see that he departed to, you know, a, a mountain or sometimes a lonely mm. place by himself and what would he be doing he'll be praying you know other times it would say that you know he spent the night in prayer and then he would come down from a mountain place or that solitary place and then he would do something you know he would either there will be a demonstration of the power of god or he would you know that would be when he would select his disciple i think at one point we see that he was he spent the night in prayer yeah, and then he yeah. came down and then he selected the 12 you know all of the, the pivotal uh, sorry the, the pivotal yes. points in his ministry they came out of prayer they came out of times of prayer and even we see him in the garden of gethsemane before he's going to, to the cross to to die for our salvation what was it he was praying you know even remember when he came back to his disciples and he said to them you know, could you not tarry you know one hour and he would, he would come back and they would find them sleeping i think he came back the second or third he was they were sleeping he was praying through all, all those times and even the bible says that even now he lives to make intercession for us at the hand of the, the you know the right hand of the father so prayer like you've rightly said pastor really it's, it's pivotal in our lives as christians we know in order for us to make progress in order for us to um to to know what the will of god is for our life you know for our families for our communities for our nation we, we cannot do without prayer and it's not just individual prayer as you said it's also corporate prayer yeah, and it's not just yeah. corporate prayer within the church but within the different congregations in our communities like in our town of ashford in our nation you know we need to come together to pray the more we come together to pray the more we'll be of one heart and of one mind and and the focus and it's really interesting he said the house of prayer for all nations so it's yes. not just praying for ourselves and our families and but for the nations not just our nation but other nations as well where the gospel needs to be preached where people need to hear about the good news of jesus christ that who has died on the cross for them we need to be praying for all of these nations before you know the lord's return thanks absolutely yeah so we've got their individual prayer and corporate prayer, both, you know, vital uh, in our walk with God. Great. So um, then uh, let me see, where do we? Yeah, we, we go out and, and they they see the fig tree that um, in one day and night it had totally withered, which um, 
naturally speaking, you know, ask any botanist or scientist, they would say it's impossible. But no, um, God, well, Jesus, who is God and the Son of God, is in charge of every atom and cell on this earth. And he proves it by, by the way that it's completely withered. And um, any, any comment to make on, on the yes. withering, uh, Pastor Of the, of, the, of, <laughs> of that fig tree there. Yes, you know, you know uh, um, Pastor, you know, I, I was, um, again, reading again this, this whole, you know, Jesus Christ. You know, the, the, um, one of the comments I was reading was like saying that this was the only, if you like, destructive miracle that we see in the life of Jesus Christ. You know, all of his other miracles, they were all, you know, healing the body, you know, setting people free from oppression, you know, all of those sort of, sort of things. That they were all, if you like, what we would call positive, creative, good miracles. But this was the only, as I say, destructive one that we see Jesus, um, you know, in, in the life of, sorry, in the ministry of Jesus Christ, where he's actually, as you said, cursing a, a, a you know, a, a living thing. And um, can I... You know, can I just yes. suggest another one that um, even yes. though he was he when he delivered the man of the legion, although that was yes. a, a wonderful, that wasn't <laughs> destructive. But, you know, we cast yes. them into the pigs and they. Oh, were yes, that's right. Yes. But anyway, yes. I just throw yes. that one in there. But yeah, I'm not, I'm yes. not uh, arguing with you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No. Yeah. And well, we're just saying that, you know, this is this is to show that, you know, his ministry was all about, um, you know, he came to bring life. Uh, he was the the Messiah. He hadn't yet come to to judge the world, but he had come to to save the world at, at this particular point in time. And he was saying, you know, this this withering of, of the fig tree was, uh, um, you know, it, it was to, you know, to teach the disciples something about having faith in God, because you know, as we, we read that they they were quite amazed that you know he had just spoken to this tree, and from what we can see, he just made it. You know, it was like a simple statement. You know, let me no one else. You know, eat fruit from this tree. He made that simple statement, and then they'd come back and they'd see, you know, in a sort of short space of time, that the tree was effectively dead. And um, you know, he goes on to say to them that, you know, it's almost like he said, "Don't, don't be, don't be, don't marvel at this." You know, if you have faith in God, if you trust God, if you have confidence in God, if you rely on God, then you can ask Him for anything. You know, you can uh, you can ask Him to to move this mountain from one place to the other. And um, you know, I was reading again that, that that word mountain it was like a commonly used, if you like, it was like a phrase. That whenever people were faced with an insurmountable, insurmountable um, situation or circumstances, they would describe it as a mountain. So if they had like a debt that they thought they couldn't pay, or there was a sickness they thought they couldn't be healed, or they would notice that this mountain of debt, this mountain of uh, sickness, whatever it was, whatever that difficulty was. And so what he was, uh, it was, it was a teaching point here to let them know that, for as far as they were concerned, you know, his disciples, his followers, those who were looking to please mm -hmm. God and were yeah. following the Lord, that if they had faith in God. There yes. was nothing that they couldn't ask him to do yes. that he wouldn't do for them, even the mountain. So that was like an, an illustration to say, look, the same way that I spoke to this fig tree, you thought it was not possible for it to, to die so quickly. It's the same way that if you have faith in God, that when you pray to him, that there is nothing that he is not able to do on your behalf. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you. Yes. So so there you go. If we have faith, faith is essential. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We know that scripture, many of us. And so the faith um, and, and that's, you know, and not doubt, it says, and do not doubt. So it's really that strong faith that what he says will happen, you know, this that this is in the will of God as well. So I think we've got there that, um, you know, we need to be walking in God's will. And um, I'm not making it complicated here. I'm just saying that, 
you know, there's a sense that your life needs to be in line with God, walking with God, because then it's in that place that we start to sense the will of God and we start praying God's will. We're not praying things like, oh, what can I, you know, I want a bigger car, I want a better house, I want this and that, um, you know, and selfish prayers. No, but as we're sensing God's will and, and um, could be for salvation of people, for help here, for, for a ministry there, we're sensing it and we, we ask for those things and absolute knowing that God wants to do those things and we have the absolute faith that he will do them and then there's a, a third, if you like, sort of requirement and that's, um, it says that make sure you, you forgive, that you don't hold anything against anyone. So here it's kind of again referring to our heart attitude, make sure that we're right not only with God, but with our fellow men. We can't be right with God and, and sort of having, holding things against our friend, our you know, brothers and sisters or anyone for that matter. But we need to have forgiven them. And then, you know, the way is open. We can, God will just move and release the, the, the windows of heaven for us. Um, it's not complicated, but, you know, these are the requirements, aren't they? We, yes, we, absolutely. we don't need to be holding unforgiveness. We're walking with God and we're having faith in God and he will move mountains for us in this place. Amen. That's encouraging. Amen. Great. So yes. we're coming up to the last part now. Looks like we will get to uh, we will get to <laughs> chapter twelve. They arrived and, and then they, they asked the, the, the chief priests and the teachers say, By what authority are you doing all these things? You know, again they're they're saying how dare you really you know who who, who has um, given you the authority and and then he he throws them a question back and and he, he talks to them about John the Baptist well I'm going to ask you a question who do, by what authority do you say that John the Baptist did what he did and and they were stumped do you want to sort of pick up on that yes. one, Pastor so it's, it's 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 again it's like um you, you know the the, the Pharisees had already, you know, they'd already made up their minds, as, right. as we read earlier. <laughs> you know, we, we, they said that um, they began looking for a way to kill him. You know, so they, they, in their hearts, they'd all, they already had, that was their plan. That was what they were out to do. So there was nothing that, um, you know, that Jesus could say or do at that point yeah. that was going to change that. And we can almost see, you know, when Jesus is, is talking about, uh, you know, you... Um, you know, when you, when you want to pray, uh, you need to, and you have a you know a problem with your brother or whatever it is, you should go and resolve that first. It, it, again, we, we it, almost immediately we see that the Pharisees coming with this issue, where in their hearts, you know, they are you know pretending again with this showy leafy thing. They're pretending as though they want to know the truth, that they really want to know That's if right. Jesus is the Messiah or not. Again, that is it, it, to, to the to the one. Who is looking at their outward show? It's like all yes. oh, these uh, religious people, these righteous people. They want to know. They want to make sure that if, if this man is true or if he's not true. So but on so the inside, right. that's not yes. the reality. On the on the inside, they want they're seeking to kill him. Yeah. You know, and so mm -hmm. and, and the Lord knows this. So he's not going to be you know engaging in them with, with conversations and Very all this good, sort of yeah. thing. He just he poses a question, which they, again they, they they know the answer to the question <laughs> because you can see from what from their deliberations, their private deliberations, where yes. he's asking the question. Is John? Is, is John? Mm -hmm. Was he from God or not? And then they're, they're thinking to themselves, well, if we say he's from God, then we have to say that you're from God as well. And if we say he's not, then they fear the people. So it, again, we, we see this, this, this contrast between that which is on the outside, it looks good. 
but on the inside, you know, there was there's murder in the heart, isn't there? Absolutely. And that's what that, that's the track that they're on. That's a track that they want to follow, and it's what they actually eventually they, they did. And so, um, yes, yeah, so the Lord is just he does he just revealing what's in their hearts, so they can see what's in their hearts. They didn't um, they, they didn't acknowledge it by by by, by and, it sh and that in itself showed that they weren't actually seeking the truth anyway. They were they were just looking for a way of carrying out what was already in their hearts, which was to kill the Lord. Yes, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, again, we see the pride, we see, you know, the hard heartedness and uh, we've got to be so careful. And, 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 you know, we see this in the very religious. And so there's a connection, if you like, with with extreme religion and religious behavior uh, can be, you know, can be a, a doorway to or, or even can be rather the fruit of of, of pride and um, mm. hard heartedness and and hypocrisy and things. So we, we I think, you know, in, in terms of application, we do have to be so careful and, and stay very humble uh, before mm. God and towards our fellow men. You know, I think um, mm. it's, it's a bit like I'm reminded of where Jesus says, um, you know, you can't love. Well, I think it's in um, in John's letter. You can't hate man or hate your brother and love yes, god no. you know god, you, god, yes. if, if you the way you are towards your fellow men actually is a reflection of the way you genuinely are towards god yes. you know it's um yes. it, it, it really is so so yes. let's yes. ensure that we're humble towards everyone else and um and, and humble towards god amen <laughs> amen yeah amen Great, thank we're up to 12. <laughs> and thank you everyone for uh, sticking with us. And um, four more chapters to go and we'll have done a whole <laughs> gospel, verse by verse. And yes. uh, I'm not, not getting proud here, but uh, it'll, be, it'll be a good achievement, won't it? And, uh, you know, thank you, Lord, for okay. helping us. Thanks, Pastor Rackham. It, it will be thank half possible. time. What do you think the score will be uh, at this point? <laughs> I'm going for a 1-0 no. England at half time. One nil England at half time. Okay, that's good. That's a good score. <laughs> bless you, everyone. Thanks, uh, thanks, Pastor Andy. See you Thank all you. God bless. Thanks, Tim. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.